was a way to give show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I am Mr. Richie Moon, this is Kayfabe Avenue, and this is Wednesday Night Dynamite. So the show starts off with absolute, uh, Ricky Starks. I really like his theme music versus Darby Allen. They've been building this matchup for over a month, but before the match started, before the match started, uh, Darby Allen had a video package. You know, he does like those black and white video packages where he's just doing something extreme, and his friend calls Ricky Starks a bitch, and listen, whenever you call somebody a bitch in wrestling, it, it pops the crowd immediately. But this was a fantastic match, a match you should go out of your way to see, and I this is like, this is traditional for, for Dynamite. They really start, they usually start their their, their matches off, their their, their, their events off was just really high octane really fast paced offense match and this was no different this is a really good match and i really like the fact that this didn't start in a collar elbow tie-up like this is a blood feud why are they starting in a collar elbow tie-up i can't stand that when when wrestlers are in a blood feud and they start off with a collar elbow tie-up no you, you fisticuffs okay you know what i'm saying you're pissed off so this is a back this is a good back and forth match brian cage didn't like what he's seen so he came down there and tried to interfere then big will hobbs came down there made the save and i was thinking in my head man these two need to go out at one-on-one and next week we're actually going to have uh, Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage for the FTW Championship. And this was a really good match. I, there is one spot I do particularly want to talk about, man. Uh, Darby Allen went for, I think, a, for like a springboard crossbody and Dar in and, and absolutely starts caught him with just a perfect, perfectly timed spear. Match you should definitely go out your way to see. And on commentary, we had JR. Excalibur and Taz uh, while Tony Schiavone was going to look for an, uh, an interview with FTR. Next up we had Cody back with the sleek black hair and he accepted Mr. Brody Lee's challenge but not at first with a little bit of trolling because he said no and then he came back and said no to no regrets and no and it's going to be a it's going to be a dog collar match between Mr. Brody Lee and Cody for the TNT Championship next week and Cody was talking about you know he felt embarrassed you know Bro Mr. Brody Lee washed him he put hands and feet on that boy okay beat him in three minutes um then you know beat him up after the match then his wife came out there to protect him Anna Jay choked his wife out then he beat his brother up he beat his squad up you know what I'm saying Mr. Brody Lee been putting hands on the Nightmare Family but now bro uh Cody is is back for revenge and you know people didn't I don't think people really peep this, but Cody threw a shot at Omega. Now, if you recall, two weeks ago on Dynamite, Omega was on commentary during Hangman Adams Page match. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was against Evil Uno, and he was saying that you know I'm done with the with the tag team. Um, I'm going to do a singles run. I'm going to be the ace of the company, you know, as I should be. And then, you know. Cody this week said, you know, people are claiming to be the ace. You know, the company started a year ago, and he said the only aces of the company are Sheeta, John Moxley, and Mr. Brody Lee because of champions. So, uh, you know, we'll, you know, this, you know, AEW keeps a lot of spinning plates, and they start a lot of feuds off little things. So we'll see 
We'll see if this if that ever connects in the future. But Mr. Brody Lee came out there storming. He was out there ready for a fight. And these two went at it. Fisticuffs. I don't know why I like fisticuffs today, but fisticuffs today. And this was a this is how you do a pull-apart brawl. The locker room cleared out. There were fights going all over the place. There was fighting uh Brandy came out, she did a flip onto the dark order, then there was fighting going on the outside. Now the rules jumped the jumped the gate, started fighting with somebody. Like this felt like a, a, a real fight because because Mr. Brody Lee kept coming back. People kept people had to keep pulling Mr. Brody Lee and, Co and Cody apart from each other. Like it felt like a legit fight. Like I don't know if you've ever been to a club or been out anywhere. People start fighting and things. They start fighting and then it stops and it starts and fighting and it stops again. And this fighting happened over here. That's how it felt. That's how you do a pull apart brawl. After this, we had FTR being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And, you know, FTR just running down everybody saying the best friends are just glorified backyard wrestlers. And they're actually going against SCU tonight in the 20 minutes of a brush of greatness. And before Tony Schiavone could continue with the interview, the Young Bucks came out of nowhere and super kicked them. Now, here's the thing. We do it to a referee, do it to Marv Alves, that's something. But here's my thing, like... They're, you know, they're throwing Tony Khan the money and, 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 and tweeting, oh, we PayPal Tony Khan the money, but I'm not sure where this is going, but AEW has gained my trust, so I am willing to see where this is going, but as of right now, I'm really not liking it. Uh, F, you know, we've this, this FTR versus Young Bucks match has been literally been building for years, and, you know, now the Young Bucks are going to play heels? You know, that's, um, oh, that's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, I don't know. I find that a little bit odd, but you know, I am willing to trust the process. I'm going to see where it goes, but I, I, I'm not sure where this Young Bucks super kicking referees, super kicking official, super kicking freak Tony Schiavone. You can't super kick Tony Schiavone. To find those guys fifty thousand, like come on, Tony, you got to do something. Like there's got to be like you know some something bigger. You just can't keep finding them five thousand dollars because they're throwing it to you like pocket change. So there needs to be some more consequences or repercussions. I feel like if they're gonna do an angle like this, Super King Tony Schiavone, this should have been more towards the end of the show. Or like this should have been like a cliffhanger. You don't do this in the middle of the show, and it's also being played off as kind of like comedy, and that's what I don't like. It's, it's, they're kind of playing it like comedy, even on BTE. Like the extended Dynamite universe, extended AEW universe, like they're kind of playing it like comedy, and it's just like you know, for something like this, for this, for this character change like this, this needs to be played more serious. But we will see where it goes. And next up, we had SEU walking out to the ring for the match against FTR, and Sean Spears was standing there. And if you watch Dark, Sean Spears and and, and Scorpio Sky have had some tension, and Sean Spears just you know politely says you know good luck. And what I really like about this is just so many stories just simultaneously happening at one time. FTR versus Ace versus SCU with Hangman Adam Cole. Hangman Adam Cole. What, baby? What the hell am I talking about? Hangman Adam Page on commentary and, uh, you know, on the little brackets that AEW does, uh, it says unprepared. And this was, you know, FTR versus SCU. Goodness gracious. Frankie Kazarian does not is underrated. He he does not get enough praise. I don't think he's underrated. He just doesn't get enough praise. They killed you know, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, the first AEW champions of versus the current AEW tag team champions. This match is matching you to go out of your way to see. Some people may not like it because of the way it ended. I like it because of the context of the story and what 
and what FTR has been doing. Really old school tactics, cheating to win. That's what they're doing. They're doing. They're, they're keeping their belts by any means necessary. You know, you got to question the official not seeing some of the stuff. You know, AEW doesn't always have the 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 best officiating. I have to admit. You know, I feel like there's ways to do these angles without burying the ref. So I think you know. Every promotion can do this better. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to cheat behind a ref's back, you know, put the ref in more of a position where his back is completely turned. You know, every single promotion can do this, but AEW has definitely been guilty of this more. But listen, that is not, for me, this does not take away from the match. That is a match you need to go out of your way to see. That is a bomb match. Really hard hitting, back and forth, roll up pins. Actually, Scorpio Scott got the visual pin on FTR, but using the old school tactics, distracting the referee, you know what I'm saying? So maybe SU will get a rematch down the line. And then right after FTR got the win, JR announced on commentary that there's going to be a tournament leading into full gear. And the first three contenders for the tournament, it's going to be eight-man tournament, and the first three contenders were announced. And it's going to be Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, and Kenny Omega. And Hangman Page, you know, sold this like... Sold this like when you broke up with your ex and then you go on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And then you see that your ex is like with somebody like already like he sold this perfectly. And, you know, during the entire match with FTR and SCU, you know, Hangman was just like, well, Kenny says that Kenny, Kenny said that he's a single competitor. But when has he had a singles match? And then, boom, you know, actually, he said that at the top. He said that at the beginning. He said he said, you know, Kenny said that he's a singles competitor. But when has he had the match? And at the end of the match, JR drops that bomb. And once again, I really like this was my favorite part of Dynamite going back from when it started from the, the, the Cody. The, from, 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 from honestly from the start to right here was like my favorite because all of them intertwined these are all stories that that uh well maybe not the absolute Ricky Starks and Darby Allen but like the Cody in Mr. Brody Lee and the Dark Order Dark Order kind of has like they're so big that they kind of almost has like rivalry with almost everybody and then the the FTR uh, interviewing uh, the, the FTR interviewing with Tony Schiavone and then the Young Bucks and then Scorpio Sky walking out and then that leading with the Sean Spears and the Sean Spears also getting managed by Tully Blanchard and then it's the FTR and SCU match and then Hangman Adam Page who lost it you know all these storylines are just intertwining and makes AEW feel like a living breathing universe you know what I'm saying and that's which that's what I that's what I want for my wrestling next up we had Chris Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy and just the champion listen no nobody thought that Isaiah Cassidy was gonna win nobody no of course he's not gonna win you know no disrespect to Isaiah Cassidy was just not his time not right now but the champion just put over Cassidy so good you know he came out there firing came out there mushing Cassidy in the face and as soon as Chris Jericho turned his back. Cassidy jumped on him. You know, Cassidy took most of this match, and he got several near falls on Chris Jericho. He hit a line salt. He hit a cold breaker. And and then in the middle of this match, uh, which Aubrey, this should have been a disqualification. Straight up, Aubrey, come on. You missed, come on. This has straight up been a disqualification. So in the middle of the match, Chris Jericho was on the outside recuperating, and he kind of bumps into Luther, and then him and Luther start trading punches, and then it's uh, Sir uh, El Pentico and, 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 and Jake Hager and Luther 
And Chris Jericho start getting into it. Chris Jericho goes back into the match. You know, Isaiah Cassidy went for one too many springboards. Caught him with the Judas effect. Lights out. And then after the match, they went back after Luther and Zorpentigo. And then next week on the 30th year anniversary of La Champion in wrestling is going to be La Champion Chris Jericho, Jake Hager versus Luther and uh, uh, Pentico and in, in in real life, Luther and Chris Jericho are like best buds. So you know, can't get Lance Storm. I think this is the next best thing for Chris Jericho as far as things coming full circle of people that he wrestled thirty years and now how it's come. You know, what I'm saying he put out an Instagram post about how he wrestled Luther thirty years ago in Japan, and now he's wrestling him next week for his thirtieth anniversary in AEW. You know, what I'm saying as much as things change, they stay the same. Next up, we had a segment with Kip Sabian and Murrow and they were at Arcade and of course you know Murrow's the be- he's the best man so he keeps beat he keeps accidentally beating Kip Sabian and everything he wanted to throw him this particular I forget what it's called this particular type of 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 a bachelor party but he couldn't and then uh Kip Sabian steps away and Murrow's playing the he's playing some video game and then Billy Mitchell uh, pulled up next to him. I didn't know who this was at first, but apparently Billy Mitchell is like a world famous gamer with some controversy over some controversy over of constant some controversy with him with Donkey Kong. You know, what I'm saying go do your research on him, and you know I'm interested to see where this goes. I love how AEW just pulls world. I mean. They, they pull worlds that you just wouldn't think come together. Well, not well, video games and, and wrestling obviously go together, but you know, just these just the, these characters in those worlds that you wouldn't expect to see, you know, that, that you wouldn't see at wrestling events. I like how AEW just, you know, just pulls from the wider world of pop culture as, you know, as WWE does, but you know, AEW pulls like those really like obscure characters, you know what I'm saying? And this is kind of it's kind of like a backhanded kind of thing because, you know, WWE is going through this whole thing with, you know, with with them taking their wrestlers' Twitch accounts and them owning their real names and all this madness that's going on over there with that. But, anywho, next up we had FTR and the Best best Friends. They were having some words backstage, some pretty heated words backstage, but uh, Best Friends were accompanying Orange Cassidy out to his match with uh, 10 from Dark Order. Now, this is a good match. Orange Cassidy got the win. Here's my only thing with this. We don't need to see Orange Cassidy every week. He's in, he's, he's, his persona, his thing is, you don't need to see Orange Cassidy every week because, quite frankly, this was just an Orange Cassidy match. He beat Chris Jericho. It kind of seems like Orange Cassidy doesn't have any direction right now. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think we need to see Orange Cassidy every week. He got this big win over Chris Jericho. He took that loss to Mr. Brody Lee. I definitely would not make that a three. It definitely needs to be Mr. Brody Lee versus Cody straight up. But, you know, I would I would take Orange Cassidy off TV for a little bit until you have something really solid for him to sink his teeth into because he had a lot of momentum coming off of, off of Chris Jericho. Even though he lost to Mr. Brody Lee, we expected that. But you give him that title shot after. But I would just keep Orange Cassidy off TV for a little bit until you have something, just, you know, something solid for him to sink his uh, teeth into. And... You know, interesting. This is and this is what I love, man. Just these plates spinning. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, MJF said that you know he sees the only way you can make it in his company if you start a stable or if you join a stable. And then now, in a backstage segment, you know Chris Jericho is backstage with the inner circle, with uh, you know having a little bit of the bubble. And MJF walks in there with Warlow, and he has his box. And 
It's custom made in a circle jackets. He has one for Santana. He has one for Ortiz. He has one for La Champion. He has one for Jake Hager. And then, conveniently, uh, he has forgotten the Spanish god Sammy Guevara's jacket. And it's interesting because, you know, if you look at it, Sammy Guevara is the one that's learning the most from Chris Jericho. He's the one that's like, connected most and if they have a tag to less sex gods you know what i'm saying like he's the one that's learning the most from chris jericho under the chris jericho uh uh learning tutelage so you know he conveniently forgets he conveniently forgets sammy Guevara's, and you know they go back to this back once again they're pulling for their own history chris jericho says so you know i asked you ask mjf a question you know i asked you this a while ago do you want to join the inner circle? And the MJF replies, do you want me to join the inner circle? And they go back and forth in this. And the MJF walks out, apologizes again to Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara's like, oh, what an idiot. And Chris Jericho says, hmm, maybe he's not. So we're going to see where that storyline goes. I mean, I can already see MJF enter, getting into the inner circle, uh, screwing Chris Jericho over. Then, you know, maybe Chris Jericho going away for a little bit, coming back as a baby face because, you know, the way that the, there's going to be some shift, the, well, I'll talk about this maybe, not even, we'll talk about AEW, you know what I'm saying? So, I feel like Cody's going to turn heel, Kenny Omega's going to turn heel, Young Bucks are turning heel. There's going to be uh, a, there's going to need to be a shift of power, a balance of power rather in the AEW landscape. If I think maybe Kenny Omega might be, might be a tweener, but I think Cody's going to turn full heel and the Young Bucks are going to turn heel. You know what I'm saying? You need a shift of power. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have a heel, you have a face, uh, Chris Jericho. I'm not sure where, 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 where Hangman, uh, Adam Page, uh, fixing this i would personally make him a heel and i will bring the revival of the four horsemen back with cody ftr and hangman adam page being the modern day four horsemen and them being heels you know and i'm saying but you're gonna need a balance of power so maybe you this is the beginning to make chris jericho a baby face because he's been such a dastardly heel and things like that so we shall see. And it would be such a... It would just be another way just to show how such MJF is an asshole to even outwit Le Champion. But we will see where that story goes. You know That's what I love about AEW. I'm saying, always planting those seeds. Always planting those seeds. Next up, we had Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. And this was a good squash match. Britt Baker looked really strong. She put on some good muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to say she put on weight. She put on some muscle. You know what I'm saying? She put on a little bit of muscle. She looks really good. She looks comfortable in the ring. For me, this is the best that I've seen Britt Baker look. She really, she knows her character. She knows her stint. She came off injury. She got better. My only issue with this is, is like... AEW, like you have a woman champion. Where was she at? The only mention she got was during Cody during his promo. Like, where, where was Thunder Rose at? Where is another woman's match at? Come on. You always take one step forward, take two steps back with the women's division, AEW. I'm always going to call you out for it. Stop the shenanigans. You have a good women's division. You know how to tell layered layered stories with a good conclusion and good payoffs. Sprinkle some of that magic on the women's division. Like, cut it out. Cut it out. Out. I don't want to hear about, oh, you have a, a oh, oh, ladies, check out our heels for AEW. We'll put more women's segments on there. Put more women's matches. Make the woman more important because you have a good women's division. Come on, AEW. Cut the crap. The next up, we had the main event. We had Eddie Kingston up. And Eddie Kingston brought the referee out from last week because he said, yo, I didn't tap. 
I didn't get pinned. And him and the referee are good friends in real life. And Eddie Kingston was just like, yo, come on, man. I feel like you stabbed me in the back with boys. And the referee made a great point. He said, yeah, we're good friends. But when, when, we're in the, when, when we are in the ring, my job as a referee is to protect you. You were unable to defend yourself because John Moxley choked you out. Of course, the referee was valid. But he wasn't trying to hear that. So, so Phoenix... And Pentagon was in the ring with Eddie Kingston. They were about to put the beats on the referee. Then John Moxley's music's hit. John Moxley's music hits. He comes out. He comes out for the save. But we still have to see who John Moxley's going to face. Eddie Kingston, you know, you would assume that it would be Pentagon or Phoenix. But no, the Butcher pulls up on John Mox, kind of like Keith Lee style, like the way they did the, the the camera angle, and you know it was the main event. You know, was it the best main event? No, but I am in favor of giving guys that you wouldn't regularly see in the main event the main event. I would have preferred SCU versus FTR in the main event, but I also respect the fact that AEW says no. Our champion who's having a champion chip match on Dynamite, which is very rare, he's going to be the main event, and you know he's a champion, so he should get the main event spot. You know what I'm saying? So I, I always respect. I, I always respect that, you know, Moxley won the match with the with the with the with the choke out, staring Kingston down. So maybe these things aren't done obviously they're not done with Kingston. And you know, Moxley has this match with 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 Lance Archer in two weeks. You know, we're gonna see how things play out with that, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it's supposed to be guaranteed if he loses, then Brian Cage gets a match. You know, there's a lot of spinning plates going on with that. And now we got the tournament going on, that's gonna lead up to full gear. A lot of going, a lot of things going on with AEW. A lot of good things. A lot of things to look forward to next week. You know what I'm saying? And that's with the way you want your. That's the way you want your shows to be. You want your audience to want to tune in next week. So you know, this wasn't the greatest episode of Dynamite, but it was a really solid episode of Dynamite. A lot of story building. I really enjoyed this episode of Dynamite, and you know that I can do this all day. So with that being said, actually, before I step out of here, I do want to say something. Um, the ratings came in, and AEW had eight hundred and sixty-six thousand to NXT's seven hundred and thirty-two thousand. But the important number is one point five million people were watching. Watching wrestling on a Wednesday night, and Triple H did a conference call talk, and somebody uh, Melter asked him about, you know, would they consider moving a, moving NXT to Tuesdays because both shows do better when they're not running opposed to each other, and. Triple H basically chalked it up to, you know, it's not our decision. It's a network decision as well, even though both of them both, you know, I'm pretty sure if, if, if WWE said, yo, we want to move to Tuesdays, it, USA would switch things up for them. And also, you know, he, he was saying that, you know, we were on Wednesdays first, but yeah, yeah you guys were on the network. You know what I'm saying? Like, NXT didn't feel the need to go live until AEW went live. So it's just like, you do better numbers when you're not running unopposed. Like, let me give you some. Let me give you some numbers. Out of fifty-three, out of fifty-three times of going head-to-head, NXT has won nine times. I understand it may be an ego thing, and and NXT and WWE don't want to fight. They lost, but you lost. You won nine out of fifty-three times going head-to-head. You lost. You lost. Just move to Tuesdays. The fans will enjoy it more. Business would do better. Cut it out, guys. It's okay. You lost. It is what it is. But like I said, I can do this all day. With that being said, I am Mr. Richie Moon. You can find me at The Richie Moon Show on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe on all 
podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow me at The Richie Moon Show. You can find me at The Richie Moon Show on Instagram. Follow me at Richie Moon on Facebook. You can always, 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 that's where I'm at right now. You can always find me at Kayfabe Avenue on the Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Join our group, debate with us, throw some pictures up there, talk some shenanigans. On the YouTube, of course, like, share, and subscribe. On podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast at Kayfabe Avenue. With that being said, I am Mr. Richard Moon. This has been Kayfabe Avenue. This has been AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite Review Recap. With that being said, Kenny! Take us home. Bye. <laughs> and good night. Bye.